Hello and welcome back to How To Be Happy, a podcast where we explore all the ways that we can live a happier life. Each week, we're talking to happiness experts, celebrities and ordinary people to uncover their secrets to living a good life. My name is Kate DeBrito. I'm your host and guide on this journey into happiness. Let's begin. Danica Johnston is a powerhouse. Sometimes just watching all she gets up to on any given week makes me feel a bit tired. She's had a successful career in the media and she now works as Chief Commercial Officer of the global social media app We Are Eight. She also has three young active sons and although Dan makes life look easy, she admits the juggle is real. Her real success though is in the relationships she forms, the friends and the family who make up her tribe. This, she says, is the true secret to a happy life. Welcome to the podcast, Danica. Amazing Danica Johnston. Oh, Kate, you're amazing and I'm grateful to be here in your company. We're a mutual appreciation society, Danica and I. Now, Dan, we met, I thought it was through Kazi, but our friend Kazi, our mutual friend Kazi, but we actually met at Mamma Mia. So I was editor-in-chief and what was your role there? I was head of commercial, commercial director. Head of sales. You've had a lot of amazing roles. You've had a very um, interesting career. You're a bit of a wonder woman. You're definitely one of those people who makes it all look easy. How do you keep all of those balls in the air? With great difficulty, Kate. Um, It is not easy. I wouldn't say I am the last person to suggest that anything about balancing a lovely but big career and boisterous career and kids and marriage and everything, it's hard. It's really hard. And I'm very honest about that. You know, I think the grind for any working mum, dad, parent, anyone is a huge challenge, but I think we all do it pretty graciously. How do I keep all the balls up in air? I just try my hardest, Kate, every day. You put a brave face on, you poker face most days. Like you, uh, I've always worked in roles where you have to work really, really hard. You know, success is not granted to you or given to you. So I think there's a wonderful work ethic that sits behind that. You've got to work hard. You've got to work at everything, the craft of what you do, relationships, stakeholder manager, and then you have to come home. You have to work hard at that job as well. So there's lots of balls in the air and it's never easier. That's true. But at the same time, you, you seem to have this enormous energy where do you get that energy what motivates you every day I do have a lot of energy I've always been that way Kate what motivates me at this point in my life is good work I feel myself I gravitate towards things that are good and wholesome and I try and find that in all aspects of my life. If I think about it, I, yeah, I try and do the good work or be part of a team or collaborate with a team that does good work, good friends, good tribes, good kids, good husband. I I don't know. I think, you know, the world can be really tricky and heavy and all those things and I've just, I've always been the eternal optimist. I'm always You are. You're an absolute optimist. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm attracted to the optimism. I don't like things that are tricky or hard or dark. I never have. And so I think, I don't know, I think my life tactics have always been trying to find the light and the shade in things and the positivity. Mm. And I certainly find that and my motivation through 
my wonderful husband, my wonderful kids, the wonderful work that I do and my and my wonderful tribe of family and friends, that they're all the things that really motivate me and that are important to me, I you think. You talk about sort of things like doing good work and I guess sort of when we get to the age that we are, you do start to reassess what's important and want to do that really interesting good work or be around just good friends. That, that tends to mean saying mm. no though, doesn't it? How, how do you manage that? Yeah, I, I, th- I think wisdom and experience allows you to fall in spaces that are meaningful to you. And I think age and wisdom, I, I find myself doing that a lot, actually, saying no to things that just don't stick with me. If my moral compass is not in the right place with things, and I'm very unapologetic about that, and it's never linear, but I don't know. I think age and wisdom and experience really help you to define what's important to you, what you think is good. Um, Were you always like that? Because I think that it's it 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 is easier as you get older to to say no, isn't it? When you're young, I look at my daughters who are in their eighteen and twenty one, and I think it's hard to know how to trust your gut and to say no to things. Is that something you Mm. developed over time? Yeah, very much. I think if I think about myself as a 20-something or a 30-something in the early years of my career particularly, uh, I was a people pleaser. You were always trying to be on doing the right thing that placated or appeased everybody else. No, I think I was, yeah, I think I fell into the bucket of I was not good at that at all. And then I feel like I've gone completely the other way. I'm 46 and I just... I'm very clear on what motivates me and makes me feel good and the things that I want to be around. So I do. I think it's experience in life that gives you almost that, I don't know, what is it, gravitas or the rite of passage to go no or yes. So, no, I haven't been like that, certainly not in my formative years of my career, definitely not. Now, people can hear you but they can't see you if they could see you they'd know that you're an incredibly stylish woman as I said you've you've had a great career you've got three beautiful sons and a, and a really great marriage if you weren't so nice you would actually be someone you could hate quite easily <laughs> <laughs> noted yep but look I do wonder Dan like as I said, you you look good, you dress well, you've got great style, you've got these three, you know, boys. What age are they now? Uh, 12, 10, so 6. 12, busy. 10, 6. You've, you've got a husband, so you've got a relationship yeah. to look after. Like how do you relax? Like how, when do you stop? I'm not a very relaxed person. I never stop. So I've got three very hyperactive young kids boys so there's no off button with them our life honestly Jono and I talk about this all the time our life is in ninth gear all the time and any parent can relate to that so I'm not sure that I'm very well poised to talk about being relaxed I love a spicy margarita at the back with my husband or my dear friends that's relaxing I'll tell you what how I find peace of mind and how I kind of work on my energy uh, and you were a great example of this for me Kate is I've found fitness in my life and it's become such an important part of my everyday existence and I never thought I would be that person that says I can't I literally can't get through the day without fitness and I have become that person Uh, and you were a great inspiration for that because you're a very healthy fit woman and that's what I do I get up at the I get up at 445 445 Dan I don't think I ever got up at 445 
Yeah, I do, Kate, and I train from five to six at my local gym and I've started running again uh, with a good friend of ours, Jess, actually, and so I found my running legs again, which I love. But I do, I get up at crazy o'clock and, Kate, I just bloody love it. I Honestly, everybody goes, how do you get up at 4.45? I don't even think mm. about it anymore. It is that hour in my life, in my everyday, honestly, I look forward to it. I don't care that it starts with a four that I train from five to six and the only person I have to think about is me. No one is saying mum, DJ, Danica, no one's asking me Mm. for anything. I train with this great group of people. That helps a lot, right? It's my favourite part of the day. I just love it. Danica, I've said this before, I'm really grateful that I've been exercising now for a number of decades and but there were time many years before that when I didn't exercise and I would not want to go back there just because it's it is really wonderful when you get to that point where like you said it becomes something that you enjoy if not at every second you certainly enjoy it what you get out of it so yeah I understand that feeling of maybe not necessarily wanting to get up in the morning to exercise but certainly when you're there really just just feeling inspired by it so inspired and and I I never yeah until I did it I mean I let myself get pretty unhealthy I think raising three babies I wasn't that person that bounced back into exercise and did all that self-care and totally looked after myself from a fitness and well I I just didn't with three babies I don't know why I didn't because I've been a fit person my whole life COVID was a disaster for me the self-sabotage that I allowed to happen to my body and my wellness I'll never forgive myself but I came out of that and I found life again through being fit and well I've never wanted to be the skinniest person in the room none of that it's just this investment in fitness and that you know that I never understood it until I did it that people go it's the endorphins that go off and it makes you feel great and it's just apart from being physically fit it's the wellness and the mental wellness and all the things combined and now I absolutely get it. It's like it's a non-negotiable for me in my life, moving, exercising six times out of seven, six days a week. That's I love great. It. And what about also your husband is also a, a, a fit, healthy guy. How do you guys manage your routine so that you've both got time to, you know, see friends and do the things that are important to you? I, you know, Kate, I feel like I've just come out of the trenches a little bit, you know, raising three little people it's bloody hard I think you know I I don't want to be a generalist here but I think women give up a lot in those formative years of having babies we have to we've got people attached to us do you know and so I think that classic example you lose yourself I certainly did when you've got these little small people so the juggle of you and your husband and sharing routines to work out and be social is really really hard we've hit that that nice stage where our kids are growing up a little bit so the logistics of that become easier you know we're pre-teens with two of our kids so they could stay at home if mum and dad just went and had a glass of wine up at the local Mm. wine bar so it's um I think it's really hard and I I think as parents you give up a lot and um, you don't realize you do at the time I'm kind of coming over the other side of that, even though our littlest Eddie is six, he's got two older brothers that can look after him now. So it just, it naturally frees you up a bit. So 
I'm kind of excited. Jono and I are a bit social again, you know, like we will go and have a glass of wine or a beer up at the pub and because we can. So I think you've always been pretty social, but maybe you're just getting back to your level of social that makes you makes you happy that's something i i've always admired about you you too danica is that you've you're really your real love of finding your tribe and you say that do you have a bit of a catchphrase you say about finding your tribe it is my favorite saying in life and i apply it to every aspect of my life work friends family everything and that is find your tribe love them hard And I think I found that saying, somebody asked me that a couple of weeks ago, you know, because everybody knows, oh, what's that favourite saying of yours, DJ? And I'm like, find your tribe, love them hard. I remember being in a bookshop or a bookstore or something and it was on, you know, one of those beautiful little art poster Mm -hmm. things. And it, I don't know, I just, I think Felix was tiny. I think I had a baby attached to me. And I was just like, that is amazing. And it stuck with me. And uh, you know, I'm not an overly deep person, but there is parts of deepness and spirituality that I love. And I love it because I, I live all aspects of my life. I don't think you can be everything for everyone. Uh, and I think, again, Kate, you know that when you get older and wiser, that wisdom piece, you learn to realise that you don't need 100 friends. You need five. When you go to school, you don't need 20 parents in the schoolyard to be your mates. You need two. You need a tiny little village to help you get through stages of life. And I just think it's really true. I think I just love it. I really love it. And I think tribes are a really interesting concept because I think naturally like-minded people hunt in packs, that tribe mentality. So you you make, you again, you make friendship also look effortless. What do you think is the most important thing in maintaining those good friendships? I'm just naturally drawn to good people, Kate. I am. I just, I love good humans. I think I, I, because that's my principle in everything, uh, goodness in people. um, I think I invest in my friendships. You know, it's that tribe mentality. I really care for people. I'd love to think that I was a loyal friend and, and I would do anything for my tribe. I really would. And I think life is busy, so, for, you know, you've, you've got to work at friendships like you do with anything. But I think it's, I, I just, I naturally gravitate to good people that care for me, I care for them, and it's something that I really invest in. Mm. And what about family? I mean, family is obviously what people think of when they think about a, a tribe. You strike me as, again, uh, someone who's very involved. We all ho- like to think that we're pretty involved in our kids lives but yeah your kids have got a lot of extracurricular activities a lot of sport how how do you how do you handle all of that and I guess still find that time for yourself it's a lot uh we do uh, you know Jono Steve who's my husband is a very hands-on dad I feel I've always felt very grateful for that we share everything the load of three kids is enormous and we also have big jobs and so uh, there's a lot, you know, there's always spinning plates in our house. But, um, you know, Steve's a real motivation for me for that. I think he's a wonderful example of being a really hands-on parent. Uh, sometimes I think he's more hands-on than me. Um, we chose to be those parents. You know, we chose to have the big jobs and work really hard and do all the things. But we've got three little people and they're high energy, like you mentioned, and they want to do a lot. And I just think we're like most parents we we enable 
them having a go at everything. Um, we really do and, and we expect them to really try hard and try hard at all the different things that they care about and I don't know, life is just full and manic with them I, I, and equally I think Jono and I really enjoy it. Like I, I, I flourish with my kids. I mean they drive me insane, don't worry. But, um, you know, one of our kids is mad about He's a really mad guitarist and loves his music and, and watching him honestly, on stage doing these little gigs at the local Bolo on Friday night is such a highlight for me. I didn't have that type of confidence and talent when I was 12, 13 years of age. I love that. All of our kids love sport. Eddie loves basketball, cricket. Felix loves cricket. There's a part of me, I think, as well, that we work really, really hard and long hours and all those things. Watching our kids and being a part of their little world is actually a, a lovely change of pace and step gear from working all the time you know like there's a real enjoyment for us and and so we invest a lot into our kids it can be I guess there's a real can be a real temptation when you you're busy and you've got a busy life to sort of hurry through some of those aspects of parenting because so you can get to your own relaxation time I think it's very wise to be able to somehow you know incorporate that as your as your downtime so you're not always trying to hurry through the events of the day until you can get to your space oh a hundred percent and you know like I mean gosh I know I complain like I, I call we call ourselves uber drivers mm-hmm. on the weekend because literally Saturdays and so actually it's seven days a week with our kids now we're always carting them somewhere the logistics three kids three different cricket ovals or whatever it's huge there's always moments where I go god I would love not to be at cricket training or basketball training or game right now and be in a day spa don't worry I think about that often I don't know I think we just find different ways to find some space from us from time to time if there was one thing that you think makes your um, home life happy what what would it be Mm. oh I've I'm I'm lucky, Kate. I've I've got a good husband, right? I think our our marriage is uh, pretty damn good, and I think Jono is a wonderful dad and husband. And I think it's that shared load, like we literally share the responsibilities of our kids and our home life, fifty fifty. We do, and I don't think we could do what we do: jobs, caring for kids, raising raising small people unless we did that. And I think it's that. I, I've never once felt with Steve that I'm carrying the load and he's not. He's We just have structured it that we we share all the responsibility and, and it's really respectful and I think that's a huge part of it. I really do. You can see, though, that that doesn't exist in all relationships, right? You must have plenty of friends who will say that that's not the case for them. Yeah. And I think growing up, I even saw that in, you know, in my own family. And I was very determined from a very young age as a young woman to go, I don't want to be just thought of as a housewife or just a mother. I don't, I never wanted to be boxed in. I wanted to be able to do all the things and have a job and a career. And, and, you know, that's not for everyone, but it was for me. And so I've been wired like that my whole life. And I think that I've brought that into my married life and I'm lucky because I've married uh, someone that allows me to do that and I agree, you know, I see it all the time and it's not perfect and I have, you know, many friends and people I know that it's not perfect but I've 
made it that way for me so that you can do all the things and have a really respectful marriage and a happy home life. And it's never perfect, don't worry, but that's kind of the, they're the principles that Steve and I operate He's from. a pretty good guy. Like you're not overstating it. He really is a very genuinely you know, involved dad and father from what I've always seen. Were you always lucky in relationships? Uh, no, no, I was not lucky. I did all the wrong things, dated all the wrong people. Yeah, like all of us. And Steve and I met and we were friends first and, and you know, the, the story goes. But I knew with Steve, I, I knew that I was always looking for somebody like Steve, very loyal, very genuine, very caring very humble, never asks for accolades or applauds for anything that he does. And, and you know, like that, just your mate, like your good mates. And I don't think you can underestimate being good mates in a marriage. And, and I'm lucky because I, Steve and I found each other and we were really, really good mates. And then we've carried that on. So, yep. Good guy. Good guy. Very lucky. And he's very lucky too. When I see your um your boys and I, I include Steve in that, all, all four of them, they, they kind of look at you like you're something amazing. I'm sure there's there's plenty of times when they don't look at you like that, but <laughs> when, you're, <laughs> when you're trying to get them off to, to bed or, or, or something or get them off their devices, but they really do look at you like you're an absolute highlight of their life, which is which is lovely. Well, you know the thing is, Kate. It is very gender imbalanced in my little family. Yeah. I'm, I'm on an yeah. island. I'm the only woman. It's funny you should say that because we were disciplining the boys the other night, actually trying to get them all into bed and off devices and all the things, you know. And um, Steve said something, Kitty. He goes, boys, when your mum talks, you need to listen. Ooh, I like because it. Because your, your mum has many roles, but the greatest role she has is keeping the four of us blokes in line every single day. And I was, I think I was in the driveway or the bedroom or something and I could hear him saying <laughs> this to the boys, like reprimanding them. And I had the biggest giggle and I thought, you're absolutely bloody right. That is my role. I keep you all in check. And I think, you know, I'm the only woman in my little family, in my household. And Steve does a wonderful job of that as well, is making sure that our boys are very respectful mm. for women to all women and uh, he does play that card, you know, like I'm the matriarch of this little family and um, and I think boys need that. I think young men learning need that strong identity piece from a good woman in their life and I'm happy to play that role. What about when you have those weeks when it is really hard or, or, or months mm. when, you, when you're struggling a bit? What do you do when you're in that headspace? How do you get yourself back on track? A couple of things. Uh, I lean into my exercise harder than normal. I love it. I try new things. Like, I've, you know, I've started running again, like I said, which I just love. I love being on the road, you know, watching the sun come up. So I'm just in, I'm finding new enjoyment, certainly around the wellness piece. I've started swimming again, doing laps. Jono and I are doing that actually. So I find things that I really, really enjoy and make me feel fitter or stronger or more mentally equipped and the other thing that is I just do every single time Kate that the wheels fall off or I'm feeling wonky or like life is pretty tough I jump in the ocean I grew up beside the ocean it's been such a big part of my life 
And, um, and I always say to Steve, it's like the gin to my tonic, like it literally resets me. So whenever I'm feeling like that, and it's often throw me in the waters at Bronte Beach or the rock pool down there or go for a surf because there is something about me in the ocean that just resets me and helps me. Now, can you tell people a little bit about what, what you're doing now? We spoke about the fact that we met when we were both at yeah. Mamma Mia, but before that you, yeah. you've, you've had a career, you worked at Network 10 and, yep. and tell people a little bit oh. about what else you've done in your career. Well, I started my career when I was literally 18, 19 uh, in an advertising media agencies, advertising agencies, grew up at Channel 10 and Nova and then I lived abroad in London for a year and did publishing over there. I've done lots of things, worked at um, Mamma Mia with you, I worked at TikTok and now I'm at an amazing company called We Are 8 and we are a global social media platform, an app, social media app, so download it and be a part of it. And um, the whole premise of We Are Right, social media, so content and creativity and community and all the things that we love about social media. But people and planet is our heartbeat and sustainability is a huge part of the We Are Right mechanism. We've built the world's first ever sustainable ad stack, which is great for advertisers. And there's this part to the app where when you watch ads on the We Are Right app, you gain little micropayments, so you get paid to watch ads. And then with that money, it drops into your wallet within the app. It's all part of your profile. And then you can pay it forward to charities that mean something, you know, something special to you. So there's this beautiful circular economy that we've built into the app, which is all about giving back and caring for the climate with climate solution payments and also charity payments. And I've been with We Are 8 since launch, pre-launch actually, so I've been there for about 15 months, 16 months and work with an amazing cohort of people. We're doing good stuff and it's part of that, you know, doing the good work. I feel very lucky to be a part of this and the, the work that we do feels really mm-hmm. wholesome. And do, how do you find people are responding to it? Because I guess there is so much negativity out there and just such a lot of polarisation mm-hmm. on social media these days. Is it a happier space? Have people responded well? Yeah, it is a happier space. We're also a no-hate platform, so you can't be a troll. So we have AI technology that detects any breaches of uh, our safety policy. So if you use certain words, construction of sentences, if you post things that are inappropriate, content, mm-hmm. pictures... Uh, we remove you. So we remove your content, your words and you as a user ID. You know, I've worked for other tech platforms where they pretend to care about this, but don't. They'll tell you that they moderate bad content. And most of the platforms, it's, it, they don't prioritise it because sometimes the way that algorithms and content on these tech platforms work is the more precarious or more shocking that content is, it drives, drives eyeballs. And that's what they love. And then people stay there and it's mm. sticky. And we just we just don't believe in that. We think that tech platforms have to behave far, far better than that. And we think that you need to keep people safe at every turn point. So, yeah, if you breach our guidelines on We Are 8, it's a zero, 0% tolerance on bad behaviour or, or hate speech or hate content. We remove the content and, and the yeah, user. It's, it's, an, it's an amazing app and it's it would be easy to, I guess, think trying to go up against those big players like TikTok or or Mm. Facebook or Instagram, you know, people might almost sort of give up before they start. But that's sort of what I love about it too is that it's just pushing ahead 
you know, with a really strong belief that there are people out there that want this sort of content and will will get on board. So yeah. I think it's it's a really amazing app, Danica. So congratulations. You've been part of it, as you say, since since launch. Tell me something that you are most proud about yourself over the last six months or year. Oh, I think I always revert back to my little family. I, I think, you know, I, I think I'm raising three good men, Kate, and bloody hell, it's hard. Uh, but Jono and I are very committed to raising three good men. And I think we beat ourselves up a lot, like all parents do. You know, it's never perfect. It's crazy. It's chaos. But there is something that we instill in our three boys that we want them to be really respectful men. They have to have good manners. They have to be respectful to women. And they have to be good kids. They have to be and good friends. And I, we're, we're pretty hard on them because I, I see a lot kids derailing very quickly through lots of different external circumstances. And, and I, I reckon it's hard. I, I, I think it's probably hard being a kid. And it's something that Jono and I are very, very passionate about. We want to raise three good men and, and it's hard work, but I think we do a good job. And I think, you know, the formative years are certainly happening for our elders too at the moment. We're pre-teens. That's tricky, even for boys. Who knew? But it is. And, when you say um, you're hard on them, do and, you mean um, in terms of expectations or do you mean in terms yeah. of rules and... Everything, you know, we're hard on them on screen time. We're hard on them on the way they behave and apply themselves in... At, these wonderful schools that we're sending them to, you know, and making sure they never take all these things mm. for granted. Because I think it's really easy for kids to get wrapped up in the good life, you know. And so both, we we expect immense discipline from the three boys and we instill that in them. But and, that takes discipline from um, you too, right? And I, I think that's sometimes yeah. something that can be lost when you are in a busy family maintaining discipline about like screen time or all those sorts of things can be the first thing that slips right because you're just too busy to just totally. go in there and have that argument yep. or that debate again and we get it wrong all the time Kate there are there are nights last night was a classic example you know Steve's doing homework with Lars and the other two one's watching some YouTuber and you know Felix is sneaking in, 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 you know screen time on his phone and then I kind of lost my mind, you know. We have rules now. They have to hand me their phones when they walk in the door after school mm. now. Like that's our new rule. And they hate yes. us for it. Hate it. We, <laughs> and the, the fights that we have with them. Like this is not easy stuff. I'm not sugarcoating this because they're addicted yeah. to it. And they don't even know that they are, but we have to show them that they are. But it's those. It's And bloody hell, it's exhausting. But they're all the things that we are getting, you know, really firm with our boys because we want them to show up and be good men and teach them right from wrong. And I don't want my kids addicted to TikTok at all, not one bit. Uh, I want them out the back or I want them reading book or literature or learning things. But it's not easy, but we, um, we, we do our darndest to be pretty tough and setting rules and discipline with them. So tell me... Is it going to be the same thing? And, and you can repeat family again. Like, what's making you happy at the moment? I think I've got a pretty fulfilled life. My work is good. My friends are good. I've got a great husband. I enjoy being a parent. It's hard, but I actually really enjoy it. I, I, I love the challenges I think of that, it. And I think um, that's a secret in itself, as we said before, like enjoying it, not rushing through the actual yeah. process of it to get to 
the end of the day or the other side. Yeah, you know, I'm, gosh, Kate, I, I'm I'm not a unicorn. I have my moments where, honestly, I say to John all the time, God, this parenting gig is way too hard for me. I'm not cut out for this. But I am cut out for it and I do love it and I love I love raising little yeah. men. I do. I love the challenge of, of me telling them right from wrong. It's something that I've really invested in. I really love forming them to be good little men, particularly respectful to women because I'm an outlier in this family, as I said, so I'm really hard on them with that. And I've got to say, at the sound of being repetitive, Kate, I am loving being middle-aged and fit well. Like I feel it, I feel inner fitness and I feel strong and I feel like I'm training, you know, a big thing that I've got at the moment is having goals to aspire to. What's your latest goal? Well, I want to do the um, Sydney uh, City to Surf next year. And so Jess and I have started running and that's my ambition. I've wanted to do it for 15 years. So City to Surf next August is my goal. When I ran the City to Surf first time Luke and I ran it together my husband and I and we were so proud yeah. of each other and he was so obviously so proud because that's when he asked me to marry him oh, it was very it. it was a very oh. it was a very <laughs> sweaty proposal it is a great event tell me what what are you reading lately you know what I'm reading our mutual friend Jess O'Halloran's uh, book on Millie oh, the Dockage. Beautiful. Got to get into that. That's that's on my on my book pile now. It's amazing. I'm three quarters of the way through, and not only the fact that our dear friend was the clever author of that book, Yelena is just amazing. It's such a good read. Go and read it. I found it really hard to read in parts. I had no idea actually the extent of how hard that woman and that athlete's life actually there's was lot, there's a lot um, of trauma there in her background oh, so, like and I, I I find it triggering it's mm. awful but she's just like newfound respect I mean I've always respected her but reading her book was she's amazing so go and go and, and read about it recommendations any any show recommendations what are you watching when you get the chance well I'm like everybody uh I've just started the new series of morning wars Ooh. See, I, I heard that that might not be worth it. it, season three. No, well, I'm only one one and a half eps in, so so far so good for me. Let's hope it stays that way. I mean, I, I just think that whole series was amazing, so I'm completely invested in it, and so far I've loved it. In fact, I might watch the other half tonight, but that's that's what I'm watching and love it. That's great. Okay, tell me, here's a final question, big question for anyone. Yeah. What is the key to happiness? Danica Johnston. Having a good moral compass in the right place at all times. A blank statement, but being a good human. Be good. Do good things. Say good things. Check in on your mates. Just be good. And I think wellness is a huge part of a happy and fulfilling life. And I've only found that really in fullness in the last couple of years. But um, I think I'm living proof of that. Being fit and well and finding your wellness and really investing in it and just being as well physically, mentally, spiritually as you possibly can. And that's that's what I've found in this sort of middle-aged part of my life. And I think I think that's a huge part to, her, to eternal happiness. Thanks so much, Dan. It's so lovely. I, I can't believe I had to was... get you on the podcast so that we could have a catch-up. I know. <laughs> that's not okay, by the way. It's, that is it's not, not okay. okay. It's it, it tells me that it's time for me to come out and join you on one of your runs. But 
do yeah. I have to do it at 4.45? No, what time no. Does that happen? We can do it any time. the runs happen? No, well, Jess and I run, she swings past. Oh, no, I go and get her now. Like, I live here. Her house is literally at the end yes. of my street. What do we do? We, we run at 5.15, but we can run whenever. We can do Saturday morning. We can do Sunday around, morning. Let's do Sunday. Sun- we haven't done that. We just, well, as in the, the down here. Um, no, we haven't done that. We should do that. That's what we'll do. I'll speak to her when she gets back from Queensland. And we'll go and do the baby.